Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And welcome to The Millennial Divide, a podcast about navigating the millennial decade. We are three sisters and we bookend the generation. I'm Amy and I'm 37 and I'm I'm feeling really hot tonight, actually. Mm. Physically hot. Mm. I might just take off my jumper. <laughs> Hang on a minute. <laughs> well, Let while she's just... doing that, I'm Dimity. <laughs> oh. Let me just take oh. off a t-shirt. How good is oh that? Oh, my gosh. So what has just happened is that Amy has, I thought, was just genuinely taking off her jumper. I couldn't, I didn't work it out. I didn't work out that it's a bit. And actually underneath her jumper, she has a T-shirt that says millennial as, and I'm not swearing on this podcast. I know. So I thought this is perfect for you. To, so millennial like as F-bomb. As fudge. As fudge. Producer and now Claire, there's one for you. All of us. And we'll she's take giving a pick. all of us oh. one. It's like oh. And it's a Christmas. boyfriend fit tea. Oh, yeah. my God. You and I get a slightly larger size L <laughs> oh. for our growing tummies. Oh, because the they're so growing. Oh, I want to put it on now. I'm so excited. That's so excited. cool. Yeah. Thank so, you. Oh, my gosh. Thank that was my – I had to have all these layers to come in here <laughs> so that you couldn't see because I can no longer cover oh my, my jacket from my stomach. So I had to put a jumper on. That's awesome. I genuinely was like, oh, God, Amy, come on. Get it together. I was like, okay, it's, she's pregnant. Roll with it. Just keep going. Keep moving through. Like, keep moving through okay, the Okay, sorry. I hijacked the intro. Oh. So, Elle, it's over to you. <laughs> I'm the middle. I'm 33, and I'm very just. You floored me with the t-shirt. Look at that pre-planning. Wow. Very exciting. I'm excited. <laughs> and I'm you are millennial as I'm f. Millennial as fudge bomb. Oh my god. Thank you, you are the real deal. You're probably the most legit millennial. Yeah, as f. I've earned my place, and I'm going to wear this t-shirt your every day. I have. I've earned my tea. Oh, that's so nice. That's such a nice. Gift. My pleasure. So. We will talk about real stuff and we'll put those on Insta. So check us out at The Millennial Divide. We'll put it on all the socials. And we'd love to hear from you if you can uh, follow us on Insta, Twitter, Facebook, the whole bit. And even we'd love to see your Insta stories this week. So if you're listening to us, take a little selfie, take a little live feed. And if you could tag us at The Millennial Divide, we would love to see how you listen to your podcasts. We'll do it too, we promise. We promise. We will live feed. (laughs) So this week, lots to talk about. We're going to cruise right in. We are going to cover Trump. I know. We didn't think we would, but we will. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. He just keeps on doing stuff that's horrible. He is needed. But for lighter relief, we'll move on to Samantha Markle Sparkle. Woo-hoo. My favourite. I can't believe that this week I've watched a 15-minute clip of Trump <laughs> and his hate speech and a 15-minute clip of Samantha Markle on the British mm, show. Her hate speech. I know a which full half hour of rubbish. Most. I can't believe it. <laughs> mm. 
Uh, we'll go on to the big news of the day in Australia, which is da-da, GST has been removed from pads and tampons. Oh, we did About it. time. We did it. We ladies. can it's, hang up our feathers and hats now. It's all thanks to We're us. Done. <laughs> and all our We're uh, we'll talk about the Kelly Lane documentary on ABC, which is quite fascinating mm. if anyone has watched it so far. And for the first time ever, Dim rant. That's exciting. Ooh. I'm not proud of what I'm about to talk about, but <laughs> I'm particularly excited. <laughs> and we'll finish with a bit of Zen, a bit of Dim Zen. So she'll give us her mantra. So off we go. Right, Dim. So, talk us through Trump. What's he been up to today? I just... So, I don't even know where to begin, <laughs> um, except for, I suppose, at the beginning, which is the most logical place, <laughs> I suppose. So, today Trump has been mocking an assumed sexual assault survivor. So this is on the back of a really big case happening at the moment of Christine Blasey Ford, who was accused Judge Brett Kavanaugh of sexual assault at a party, um, at a high school party in the 1980s. This case has come to light. She's um, talked about this in a Senate inquiry in front of Republican senators uh, because Judge Brett Kavanaugh is being put up to be um, Supreme Court judge, which is a big, big, big undertaking. It's a 30-year role that he will have. So obviously, Shaping very influential laws and... Absolutely. Yeah, so the fact that... And obviously judges are unbiased, right? They, they don't mm-hmm. have any political or, you know, religious affiliation. However, he does. <laughs> he has a lot of really known views and... So that's a that's problematic. But the fact that he's being accused of sexual assault, not just by Christine Blasey Ford, but another woman as well, Deborah Ramirez, um, when he was in in university, um, is really problematic. So Trump put him forward. Trump obviously is in his corner. Fantastic. And previously, he he actually hadn't made comment about this controversy. Trump hadn't, but he's now come out and made comment. And as we all know, there's beautiful sound bites that come from Trump's comments. Uh, he has in a rally today said, impersonating her testimony, Christine Blasey Ford's testimony, said, you know, it's all basically implying she was very vague. He's, he's saying, how did you get home? I don't remember. How did you get there? I don't remember. Where was the place? I don't remember. How many years ago was it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What neighbourhood was it in? I don't know. Where's the house? I don't know. Upstairs, downstairs, where was it? I don't know. But I had one beer. That's the only thing I remember. And a man's life is in tatters. A man's life is shattered. I That comment was the one that really grated on me because it just shows the total lack of awareness of what sexual assault does to anyone that has experienced it and that their lives are in tatters and she's had to deal with this for 30 years. And and the fact his whole argument is she can't remember and he's, he, he's victim-blaming very clearly mm. by implying that she was intoxicated at the time mm. and therefore can't remember it. It was, thir- it was over 30 years ago and potentially that's why she can't remember the finer details mm. of exactly what happened. But strangely, Brett Kavanaugh can and he never had a drink and he never got drunk and yeah, and I should say, And hilarious. I should say that even if she was drunk, of course, that is also mm. still sexual 
sexual assault. Mm. So either way, it is absurd. It's absurd. It's yeah, I think when SNL does a, a skit and they don't have to make up testimony, <laughs> they actually used the script from the Senate inquiry mm. and the audience were just in hysterics because it was so ridiculous, yeah. some of the stuff he was saying. When that happens, you know that it is completely audacious. But I guess today is most surprising because on Friday Trump came out and mm, called her a credible mm, witness. Yeah. Mm. And obviously he's got all caught up in the rally down in Mississippi. Mm. He's, you know, the real Trump's come out and now the gloves are off and mm. he's imitating her and, mo- and just mocking her yeah. in such a, like, year eight boy way. Mm. Everything he does is just kind of this bully boy tactics of just – a man who's got no greater intellect and can't even be clever, just is mocking yeah. and being belittling. And then I went on a little deep dive of him as well and, and found that he obviously mocks a lot of people, but he often mocks people. You know how comedians say you can punch up but you can't punch down? Mm-hmm. And he he punches down consistently. So he's this white, privileged, um, wealthy man and he just picks on people who – don't have the same privilege that he has. Um, so, yeah, I deep-dived and found another exa- recent example of mockery where he attacked Senator Elizabeth Warren, and she's a, obviously a, a senator in Massachusetts. And in a rally in Montana, he questioned her um, heritage as being a Native American and called her Pocahontas a number oh of times. Oh, God. Well, yeah, like just as bad when he mocked a journalist called Serge Kovaleski who suffers from a congenital joint condition at a South Carolina rally, um, yeah, he mocked He mocked how he spoke and walked. Do we all remember that? Yeah. That but was also, funny, wasn't it? Very this is funny. what Jeez. he's saying in public mm-hmm. about women and sexual assault survivors. What's he saying behind doors? Yeah. You know, this is at a rally. It's not even in just a conversation with someone. No. And I guess we were really torn about whether to talk about this because we thought we couldn't add anything. And it's also got to the point of so of ridiculousness Mm. that you feel like you can't even give this any um, credibility or airplay. Yeah. But I think that's exactly exactly why we as journalists must talk about it. (laughs) But I, you know, throughout this, and I did, I cannot believe it, but I did watch the entire, well, no, it probably wasn't the entire thing. I can only assume he spoke for about 16 hours because he loves the sound of his own voice. But I watched 15 minutes of this, of him speaking and throughout it he's calling out this fake media again, Mm. you know, fake media, fake media. And... I it made me even more passionate about continuing to call him out and not being threatened by mm. his bullying. Bullying, exactly. Mm. And it is important that you continue to talk about it and you don't just be- curtail to his, mm. you know, outrageous and belittling remarks. Yeah, and I guess this is a this is a feminist issue, and this is why we need to stand up and and even being in Australia and and being far removed because this speaks to freedom and it speaks to the um, the level of access to medical rights and um, reproductive rights, and there's a whole bunch of issues tied into this, which. If America goes in one direction, mm. we could have consequences globally. And look, it's already the conversation is already here, and it's and it's being talked about. I came across this article, the Australian's um, article by Angela Shanahan, called "Brett Kavanaugh Resistance is Partly About Abortion." Um, I couldn't find just one snippet, so I'll read out a little bit of it. 
but she's explaining why people are so upset about Kavanaugh. She's having, she said, having Kavanaugh, a pro-life practicing Catholic on the bench, is there, as in liberal Americans, worst nightmare. Abortion is a standard by which all libertarian feminist values have been measured. It is the fundamental credo, credo of the elitist feminist class, many of whom um, run the liberal agenda in the U.S., However, the tide of opinion on, abor- on abortion has started to turn. Americans are no longer as comfortable with the destruction of unborn children as were that previous generation. The bio of Angela Shanahan, she's a Canberra-based freelance journalist and mother of nine children. <laughs> Surprisingly, oh, she is quite pro Life. life. I know, and I guess that is that is the fundamental issue here, Kavanaugh, to have a lifetime term mm. sitting on the highest um, court of the land and to have those views, to publicly make those views, is very terrifying for Roe v. Wade, which mm. is what you know we were talking about early, before we came on air. There, there are implications and there are concerns that that possibly, if they get enough conservatives on, on the bench, could be overturned. Mm. Um, so to give a bit of context, Roe v. Wade is a... Uh, according to Wikipedia, a landmark decision issued in 1973 by the United States Supreme Court on the issue of the constitutionality of laws that criminalised or restricted access to abortion. So essentially, this decision, this outcome, gave greater access to women in America to access abortions, and it is being con- it is about to be contested. And as Amy mentioned. By the the fifth voice could be someone who is very well known to be a practicing Catholic and pro life. It was interesting though. I saw um, America Ferreira on the Daily Shows in America over there. Um, she's an actress and an activist, and she just was so impassioned by all of this and just said don't you think that this just feels like the opening scenes of The Handmaid's Tale? And when they're asking, how do you get there? This is how we get there. And this is where we need to step up now and have a voice before they take our voice away. And it's I've just got shivers to say it because she was so passionate about it. And that's the scary thing. You watch The Handmaid's Tale and you go, yeah, it's just so... You know, it just creeps in. Yeah. And it's, it's this it's kind insidious. of stuff. And, but there are some mar- marvellous moments. I mean, everyone would have seen the Jeff Flake interaction on mm. um, in the lift. So that was where mm, a yeah. sexual assault survivor um, confronted him and said, you know, and you could, you could hear the raw emotion. And it was because... Mm. He changed his mind, whether it was because of that interaction and Google it if you haven't seen it, a YouTube clip of this woman just saying, by you approving, by you still voting for this man, it says what I went through doesn't matter. And I guess it's not like he's running for the local um, police. Well, that's probably a bad example. It's not like he's running for the local fire brigade. He's running for a, the highest court of the land mm. overseas. It has the highest degree of um, behaviour and integrity. Mm. And he is being accused of criminal activity that mm. completely bypasses the laws. So mm. I guess that's where the issue lies. But I get the other thing that really interests me about this is just the relationship to Me Too. Mm. And earlier, early on, I was, you know, very upset when Clinton obviously didn't win and and um, the only silver lining of Clinton not winning is that it has brought all of this anger and hate yeah. up to the surface. And and the um, activism as well. Yes. I think watching what's happening in America and how people are feeling mobilised and that they have to speak out and have to have a voice, I think people are a bit apathetic. Well, absolutely. And that, that is actually so early on. 
I read this amazing article that talked about and it was either called parallel aggression or parallel violence. I can't remember the term, but it was basically people were so frustrated they couldn't take out their aggression at Trump. So instead of going up to Trump because they couldn't, they went sideways to their their pocket of influence. So that's where you saw me too because you, you look at the bosses or the influencers or the directors. And so people thought, well, I can't get Trump, I'll get not get, but I will raise the concerns of others. Mm. And it started this movement. And I think this would this was always there. This oh, Trump hasn't absolutely. created this. This is there. So I hope what can what will be done now is that we will advance quite a way after Trump mm. hopefully gets smashed in the midterms <laughs> and then um, is voted out after one mm. term. And we will actually be able to move forward as a society having mm. flushed this out. Well and hopefully the FBI a week is long enough for them to investigate yeah. these allegations and to find out, you know, the truth that helps both sides to find peace with the decisions that are made. Okay, should we lighten this up now? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm really depressed. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Samantha Markle, or as I like to call her, Markle Sparkle. <laughs> just you or? Yeah, just me. I haven't heard it before. Yeah, Amy works in marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming up with all the names tonight. <laughs> so Samantha Markle is the sister of Meghan Markle. And I've realised in Australia we say it wrong. It's not Megan. It's oh, Megan. Megan. We're the only country apparently that says Megan. Oh. Just a little side note. Mm. Um, who is now the Duchess of Sussex, of course, married to Prince Harry. And Samantha Markle's had a bit of a rough ride with her sister and their relationship and was not invited to the wedding. And they have the same father but different mothers, so they're half-sisters. And she has been vehemently defending her father and the relationship and calling Meghan out on her relationship with her father and Prince Harry out on his relationship with the father for since probably the wedding was announced. And she has just taken her first trip out of America to go to London and go on a an, an interview with Jeremy Vine to try to win her sister's favour was mm, kind good. of maybe the point. I reckon that's a good strategy. Like <laughs> she's tried to call. She's got the Kensington house on speed dial. No one's she picking up. She went to Buckingham Palace. Oh, she yeah, did go to Buckingham she Palace. out the front of Buckingham oh, Palace. I wasn't allowed no, but that's, no, that, that's she was not like, where Meghan lives. Megan? <laughs> Megan? <laughs> yes, oh but God, it was a very contrite um, interview. She, part of it, you know, she did she did apologise, but she said there was a lot of hurt on both sides and that's what caused her Twitter storm. And she said, you know, and it was hard because Megan, you know, hasn't been talking to me. Maybe that's British protocol. And I love that Jeremy Vine stepped in and said, um, could it be because you called her a Dutch arse? That's my favourite. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> Which she didn't hashtag, quite have a response to. I think it was hashtag Dutch arse. <laughs> <laughs> she, I mean, it's surprising that poor Megan's not speaking to her, isn't I it? No, I would talk to you guys if you call me a Dutch ass on Twitter. Um, I know. I, please don't. <laughs> I was like, that's one of the things I thought. I was like, if you ever, you know, want to do that or go on a talk show and talk like this, I fully endorse it because it's so juicy and wonderful and I just do it, please. You have my permission, it's on the record. I don't know, though. I mean, when she released the book called The Diary of Princess Pushy's Sister, yes. that might have been 
but the start of the- apparently, Amy, according to Samantha, she was making a play on um, the commentary on media labelling her sister, oh, Princess Pushy. Yes. And if you read the book, you would have got that, but apparently got taken out of context. it was misinterpreted shockingly. Confusing. Uh, I just want to read out some of her tweets. Can I, I do so that? Many. Can I no, do that? I've got so many written too. You go okay, first. Okay, okay. Um, oh, which one to choose? Okay. Well, the Dutch ass one, I suppose, is the one that's like started it all. So this is, and as a side note, her name is not Samantha Markle. It's Samantha Grant. She goes by Samantha Markle on Twitter. Oh, beautiful. Because <laughs> it's their father that she Yeah. Anyway. Kardashian. Yeah, it's great. Um, so she said, I'm not candy coating anything anymore. That Dutch ass, the Dutch ass should be humane to our father who has given her everything. And this media crap, crap can stop. He was the one who was always there for her. Fake waves and smiles can stop. The Dutch ass can bow to the daddy. Oh, there's some shade. Well, that was her justification for setting up the pap shots. Yes. To protect her dad. Protect her dad. She thought it would be better to set up the shots. And then get money, but not much money. So for context of this one, if anybody heard... If anybody heard in the lead up to the wedding, which obviously everyone was following as closely as us, of course, right? Uh, that there was some pictures released of Meghan, Megan Markle's dad, and he was looking as if he was getting his suit fitted for the wedding. And uh, reading books about castles in England. Oh, I miss at that. a cafe. Oh, so I feel sad. sorry. For yeah. They were set up, and he got a little bit of cash for it, and that was a suggestion made by Megan Grant. Let's use Samantha. 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 Sorry, <laughs> not Megan. It's all very confusing. <laughs> so that's that's what that. Mm. Is. There's just so much. There's my, so much in my it. other favorite post is that on. Harry's birthday, she posted a photo of a hamster eating a birthday cake and wrote, as you mac down on your birthday cake, think about the birthday wishes you never extended to your father-in-law. And she said she thought the picture was cute and, you know, she said, I am a quick wit and, you know, it's just got misinterpreted. Oh, it's, it's just brilliant. I just love that she's like... I don't know. I don't know why yeah. she doesn't like me. Yeah, she's like, why? Why, she, so why is she not taking my calls? I don't understand. And then I know what I'll do. I'll go on more TV yeah. in the country of where she resides. Oh, Samantha Markle, you can do no wrong in my eye. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, keep giving us more content oh, to talk I about. I do feel sorry for poor Megan. I do too. In her I castle. Think, yeah. <laughs> uh, I I wouldn't want to be there for anything. I think it would be. Pretty This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oh, 50-50. I don't think it'd be that bad. He's, she's nev- he's never going to be king. That's one about. That's, that would, that's terrible. You want to be the best, Amy. <laughs> have some ambitious striving. have to walk behind them. Did you know that? Like yes, all walk I, in a yeah. row. It's got to be the queen and then Ooh. it's got to be Charles. Charles. <laughs> and then it's got to be, yeah, William. like William. William. And then the three kids. And then probably the corgis. Yeah, <laughs> and then Harry. Oh, then poor and then Harry Meg- comes Meghan. back. <laughs> 
So, Samantha Markle. Keep sparkling, Samantha Markle. <laughs> Love it. And then we will keep thinking up new ways to bring your name into it. I will. It. It's so good. All right. So, big news today. GST. No longer on tampons and pads, which were until today considered luxury items. <laughs> Yes. I certainly think they're luxurious. But I love wearing tampons. Oh, my God, those silky smooth. <laughs> Condoms and Viagra, oh, not luxury. Not. Is, is Viagra as well? Yeah, oh, Viagra I, had I, no GST on it. I did Google that lube is GST-free oh, too. well, how lucky are not we? Not a luxury, a necessity apparently. Yes. Maybe you need it to put the tampon in sometimes. <laughs> but that's the luxury. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> too far? We just lost our two men listening. <laughs> sorry. Come back. We'll, they we'll were like, we'll sorry, you guys. We can't give you tampons, but we'll, we'll throw you a bone. <laughs> oh, God. I didn't mean it, but I'm so glad it happened. <laughs> oh, right, so all, back on track. It always had a risk <laughs> of going down you this path. Me here. Got a headache. Uh, the state treasurers, <laughs> we're trying to get us back on, get our two male listeners back. The state treasurers met this morning to discuss the matter of getting rid of the GST on sanitary items and they unanimously agreed to pass the federal government's proposal, which is pretty Big amazing because it's been 18 years since this has become an issue mm. and this includes tampons, pads, menstrual cups, maternity pads and leak-proof underwear and it will cost the states $30 million but they're saying it's okay, we've got extra money so we'll figure it out. Don't worry about us. I loved it because um, so Liberal MP Craig Kelly was, you know, very like surprisingly like very on board with this and he was saying the tampon tax, fair enough. They're going to move that line a little bit further as in the line of, you know, <clears throat> what's not in included in GST. But it does open up the argument to push the line further still and I wouldn't want to see that line moved any further. Let's make an exemption for the tampon tax but we'll cut it there and I just wanted to be like Craig where do you reckon it's going next buddy what is it like is it vibrators like what are you well let's talk like what is this gateway opening what's your fear yeah, and well, I just love that if men had periods, they would have sorted this shit oh, out. Yeah. Like, oh my god, it would be millennial. A go, yeah, it'd be free. Yeah, it would be free. Well, handouts. actually, I did some maths, and I found so your average box of tampons, as per Woolworths.com.au or Coles or whatever. No, no shout out to Woolworths. We're not getting any kickbacks, so that's fine. Unless you want to, and then we can uh, yeah talk sponsorship. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just you give us a call, Woolworths. You do an Instagram <laughs> story, and we'll talk. Anyway, so. Your cost of a tampon, a box of tampon, the two pack, 32 pack or 32 in a pack is $7. So the savings, you guys, that we're going to make on that. Oh, are we going to be rich? Amazing. So it will go down from $7 to $6.34. And that is a saving of 64 cents, you guys. And I've worked it out. If on average you're buying a box of those each period and you have 12 a year, that is a huge saving of $7.68 throughout the year. And that equates to 1.92 more coffees from my local cafe that is charging an outrageous amount of $4 for one long black. Is that with a 50 cent discount if you bring your own keep cup? 
They don't do that. Oh, oh you've got to find a new cafe. Oh, you're going to get know. out of your hipster jungle. It's just so good. <laughs> Look, so good. you may be right. It's not a lot of money, but it's the principle. Yeah, it is. And absolutely. I will take it and I will spend buy my extra coffee per month and no, rejoice. Almost, almost two. Almost two. You and the, last mouthful. the next one that they're saying they're fighting for, which didn't get approved this time, is um, for items relating to breastfeeding because they are still a luxury. Oh, my Lord. I didn't like even know that one. Like nipple shields and breast pumps and oh. that kind of thing. Yeah, they're a luxury. Okay, well, Polly's, come on. Pull your finger up. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. We appreciate it. Moving on. So... Recommendations this week. Now, we're going a bit deep and a bit dark, but it is a really fascinating one. So there's a documentary on ABC at the moment called Exposed, and it's absolutely fascinating. It's uh, had two episodes already. It airs on Tuesday nights. It's got one more to go. So if you haven't watched it, catch up on iView. And it is... And support the ABC. Oh, gosh, the support. Yeah, jeez. They've had a tough week. They need help. Yeah, they do need a bit of support, a bit of love. So Exposed covers the story of Kelly Lane, who's a former Australian water polo player, and she was convicted of the 1996 murder of her newborn baby, Tegan. But what's really interesting was that Tegan was one of five pregnancies that she's had over the course of her not very long life. I mean, she's uh, 43 now. Most of these pregnancies happened when she was in her late teens, early 20s. Um, She had a series of full-term pregnancies and also a couple of abortions and one late-term abortion. So in chronological order, from 1992, when she's only about... Seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. So seventeen she she fell pregnant for the first time, mm. had a termination at that point. The boyfriend knew about it. She then went on a couple of years later, fell pregnant again, um, had a, a late term abortion, um, about twenty weeks. So that that's getting on uh, into the pregnancy mm. and not many states do such late term. She then in ninety six had this pregnancy, which is the contentious one of this child. Tegan Lane, and she claims that she gave the child away to her boyfriend two days after the baby was born. To the biological father, who wasn't actually her boyfriend at the time. Oh, that's a good correction. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Mm. he was the lover. Andrew Norris or Morris, they couldn't Mm. get the name. That's right. And then she went on, never told anyone. All of these are all completely hidden. Then she went on, 99, had another pregnancy. This time went, delivered the baby and um, adopted the baby. Uh, sorry, I missed one. 95, she mm. had another baby and adopted it. Mm. And then by the time she got to 2001, she had another baby and this time she kept it. So overall, she's had two terminations, which no judgment here, but, that, you know, part mm. of lots, a series of pregnancies, two adopted babies out and one baby who has never been found, never mm-hmm. been seen since born, and then one that she's kept. So mm. an extraordinary story, mm. made more extraordinary by the fact that she was a water polo player. And her mum was the manager who didn't know she was getting pregnant. Yes. And she was playing water polo yeah. until the two days prior to her giving yeah. birth. Yeah, I know, incredible. Yeah, so it's this... Bizarre. It's a it's really bizarre. bizarre story made even more bizarre by this series, I feel. I'm... Anyway, continue. Mm. <laughs> I mean, well, I wanted to talk about it and hear your thoughts because I think it's so well done, this documentary. They mm. really get into the nitty-gritty. It's made more complex by the fact that she's obviously 
in jail. And she's the one that approached them. She approached them. And she's gone after Caro Meldron Hannah, who's a hard-hitting journo. Mm. She didn't pick a easy, light one who she could have got a free ride with. Mm. She's already served a huge amount of her jail term. Mm. So there's not a lot of gain for her at this point. And it's really fascinating because I just can't quite get my head around it mm. as to I don't have a gut feel about this one. Um, and I don't know, I, I'm interested to hear what you both thought having watched some mm. or all of the well, episodes. Oh, well, I did a bit of a haiku again. Um, <laughs> so do you want me to read? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> do we need this for explanation? I mean, for question marks. I'm so confused, dot, dot, dot. Okay, I get why we need it. I don't like it and I feel uncomfortable. Why did you guys make me watch this? I have a fear of unexpected pregnancy. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to swear. <laughs> and being put in jail for something you didn't do. This is literally my worst fear. Sorry, Tim, I forgot. <laughs> if you don't know, Tim's <laughs> just throwing a millennialist F T-shirt back at me. If you don't know, go back to earlier episodes where Dim reveals her two biggest fears, which is one, that she may be pregnant and she doesn't know, and two, that she may go to jail for something that she doesn't know that she committed. And this is true. I did. I did wonder why I had to push so hard to get this documentary on our recommendations list and now it is abundantly clear. If you haven't noticed, I'm really tired and it's because I watched this late at night last night because Amy was really, really sure that she wanted to do this one and I was like, you know what, it's for the sake of the podcast. I didn't finish it because I got so anxious and it was midnight and I couldn't even do anything about it. To be fair, she knew she was pregnant. And all, yeah. Like it wasn't. You don't know that. No, no, she no, definitely she knew. knew. Well, she, she was knew hiding by the time it. she was giving birth. No, no, no. no, no. She, she knew because she, she was hiding it. Yeah. She knew from the start. Maybe she just she didn't did tell anyone and she said, I wish somebody had have asked me what was going on because nobody did and she felt that she would let everyone Although down. people claim that they did. And, I mean, yeah. this is the thing. She's just um, – so the other thing that it, it doesn't relate to you <laughs> is she's just a, a systematic liar Yes, about lots of things. Mm. So she, And proven systematic liar. Yeah, so she um, made up, fabricated all these stories about that she lived in Perth and that she just arrived in Sydney and that's why she didn't have any support and – um, and that's why she was giving the baby up for adoption. This is one of the cases. So, I mean, unless you, you're living a double life and you're not telling and us. And mum would totally ask if you started looking <laughs> pregnant and yeah. she was worried. She would definitely She's would. not like And your water mom. polo skills aren't great. <laughs> oh, my God, that's true, actually. I was once on the water polo team. Did you guys know this? No. I, um, so this is when I was uh, 14 and I believed that I could have the skills to be a water polo player like our brother, Nathan, and I went along to his training and then played one minute of one game and was banned because I was too aggressive. Oh, See, Dan said it's the most aggressive. He plays rugby and he's yeah, like, it is aggressive. Well, you, no, but I was. it was because I wasn't very good, so I compensated, <laughs> overcompensated by being more aggressive, so that's why I got banned. But, yeah. So there you go. You're very that's true. I'm bad. Kelly I'm Lane. a bad water polo player. Yeah, so that's so not going to happen to you. That's actually been proven. Phew. <laughs> <Sure. laughs> 
I liked it. I found it really interesting. I found it really sad. I think mm. being pregnant, having a little baby, I just went, oh, Oh, those poor babies. Yeah. That poor girl, I, I felt for her at 17 and so 19 to have feel like you had no one to turn to, that that was your only option and that you had to do it completely in secret, that she got no – she says she got no counselling, that, you know, I just felt it was a real um, – it was very sad on all accounts. And I don't um, – I don't know where it's going. Um, yeah, I don't know how they're going to resolve this in one episode to go. Because um, oh, it's only three, isn't it? It's only it? three. It's really so cool. it's really fascinating so far. Because really the point of what they are doing is looking at whether she got justice, right? Mm. Like they're looking at the police investigation into it and the fact that she wasn't provided with a lawyer or any counsel or, you know, that's what they... And they didn't investigate some fairly fundamental things. Like absolutely. where she claimed mm. that the guy that she hooked up with lived, they didn't actually look at the records from that yeah. period when he and was that, that was the point at which I was like, okay, I understand why we need this. Even if she did, you know, do whatever she was accused of, there needs she needs to have due justice, mm-hmm. justice and, and a, due, a fair trial. So Yeah, I just – what gets me is that she, she'd gone through the horror of adoption once mm. and that would to, – to then – she she knew she had that option. It seems like a huge. You can be a liar, but that doesn't make you a murderer. Mm. And that's what it's they a huge say. leap. Mm, that's true. Yeah, oh, I found it. I don't know. I also found it interesting because I am listening to. I'm very behind, so is Dimity. I'm listening to the we teachers. We weren't allowed pet to make it a recommendation because it's so it's old. old. Podcast so listeners, you can thank me for this one. <laughs> that was my intervention. I'm like, you guys, that was six months ago. Where have you really been? Good. But I am listening to the teachers' pet at the moment, which is also an amazing podcast about investigative journalism, and it made me think about this documentary and that podcast about the changing role of journalists. That, you know, I think you, I really feel for journalists because I think they're really losing their medium in a lot of respects. But if they adapt, hopefully they can find. You're so right. They're gaining way. a medium. Mm. Absolutely. Podcasts, documentaries, they're able to move faster, investigate deeper. And yeah. really, you yeah. know, I think Serial really started on this. Mm. Um, but I think that's really exciting that, you know, you can have a story and feel like you're not being heard. And maybe somebody will be able to help you and tell it for you. Yeah, well, absolutely. So anyone who hasn't watched it yet, get on board. iView, support the ABC, mm. what's left of the poor people mm. there. And, um, yeah, we might, we'll see where it all goes next week because they're definitely, mm. I mean, as what's happened in other cases with, say, for the teacher's pet, for example, this has now sparked a whole um, investigation and a, a mm. call to arms basically mm. externally. So they've now put out a, a plea to try and find this Andrew Norris or Morris. Um, if you're listening, Andrew Norris or Morris, call the <laughs> do, an in. In. do an Insta story an Insta for us story. and promote the millennial hashtag. Um, yeah, so we'll follow this and uh, check late next week how it all ends. Okay, so rant time, Dim. I hear it's a goodie. I'm hesitant. I'm hesitant because I know that I told you this, Amy, in confidence and you have revealed it on the podcast. I haven't revealed it yet. I just put it on the run sheet <laughs> yeah. and said, Dim, do this one. This is awesome. So <clears throat> we're really pushy with the run sheet this week. <laughs> we have. I'm, really I'm very time poor at the moment, so I've got no time to muck around. It's just in or out. <laughs> I Only noticed on... with your flurry of text, just say, what are we doing? Decide. <laughs> oh, anyway, so this one is... And I'm uh, okay. So what it is 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 that I'm I'm sick of hipsters. Woohoo! That's what I was waiting for. I 
am really upset with myself because I'm really open-minded and like genuinely just a really good person and I like to be, you know, really considered. Self-diagnosed, as your sad is as well. (laughs) I like to be really considered and like thoughtful. But what has started happening, and I think it's as a direct relation to Amy um, complaining about hipster so much on this podcast, but I've started to see it. It's like there's, there's this episode of How I Met Your Mother, which really always resonates with me, which is like they describe that moment when you haven't noticed something and then the glass shatters and all of a sudden you see it. Mm, And you can't unsee it. And this has happened to me because when I go to my local supermarket sometimes, (laughs) I I look around and I think, why is everyone dressing in such a way that's so obviously ridiculous and and just makes them look like like, sailors? (laughs) Yeah, but also, and I don't know why this has started bothering me. And I think it's because I just feel like they're really cool. Like they they give off this air that they're like, I can wear my hair like Bon Jovi because I'm just like above style. And I'm like, I don't know, I'm probably taking it personally, but that's, I don't know, I'm just offended by it now for some reason and I can't even explain my it. you got it to my like, head. My work here is like, do you know what it is? I'll tell you why you're annoyed because it's so uninspiring and it lacks the individuality that they're trying that they're craving. Yeah. So they're trying to be all unique and individual and cool, but they all look the same yeah. and it also is this kind of privilege. Exactly. And they're living in a yeah. really we live in a really privileged suburb. Like it's a nice suburb and yeah, that's it. I'm like yes. Your father is paying for your rent. Well, like, someone is, like, because sure as hell isn't on the barista poet wage. <laughs> that they that was literally my one of my old housemates. Yeah, he yeah. was a poet. Look, anyway, I will I will say there is a lot of great things about the hipsters, and um, they can be very generous. Like well, for example, Look how this has changed. Yeah. No, this is surprising, isn't it? Me. Well. This is typical hipsterville in our little mm. area. When we moved into our place, we are going to gut our kitchen. So we didn't want to buy an expensive fridge that we didn't know would be fit. So my partner, Adrian, found one on Gumtree and it looked really good and it was around the corner in the summer, in the suburb. He went there and it was literally like a brand new fridge it, and this woman had cleaned it even. It was beautiful. It was a lovely fridge. And it was she gave it to us for free. He tried oh. to pay her for it. She said, "No, no, that's fine." And she was, you know, twenty-two years mm. old. Obviously, parents supported, and she <laughs> was moving, and she couldn't be bothered moving, taking yeah. it with her anyway. But she, she just gave it away, and she said, "Just pay that forward to whatever money." Aww. So we did. We actually then put that money into the local homeless shelter, Aww. and we did pay it forward. Aww. So sometimes they they're very incredibly generous, and that um. You know, that privilege they are sharing. <laughs> but I do, I am very happy to hear your rant in. And I will. I feel sick. It was a half hearted rant. It was a bit half hearted, but I'll take it. Well, it's because I'm worried about offending all my friends. <laughs> That's okay. You won't offend them. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks, Amy. They're probably thinking the same thing, too. <laughs> all right. So that's all right. We'll zen out, Tim. Okay. So you can. Um, appease your friends now by giving them something happy to okay so this about. week i was responsible for the mantra and i really had really good ambitions with this i've been um going to an exercise class that i really like and it's really like got this meditation aspect and i had this plan of um of recording my meditation teacher and getting her mantra 
and I I didn't and I forgot. So oh, but that's good. You're probably very relaxed. Yeah, I was. I was so in the zen and mood. And anyway, um, instead, what I did is I just googled um, best mantras. <laughs> And we're all about really the research in here. <laughs> the top, the top response what was top? well. That's what I thought. I was yeah. like, this is quite interesting. Yeah. Um, it was, it was a Google answer, as in you know those drop down tabs that have the Google answers. And it was someone who had asked her friend's kid what his mantra was. Mm. Why not? And it was, be kind, tell the truth, do your best. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Be I kind. What was the next one? Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Do your best. You can get that on a bumper sticker and put it on the like back of it. It's like good. magic happens. Yeah. And become the new one. Yeah. I thought it's just like it's got deeper meaning if you really want to dissect it, which maybe next week. We don't have time this week. But we'll take that. <laughs> that's lovely. Nice way to finish. Thanks, Dim. Thanks. And so, Dim's friends, please still like her because I made her do that topic. <laughs> All right. So this has been the Millennial Divide. If you've liked what you've heard, subscribe in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also rate, review or leave us a comment. We love reading the comments and we love hearing the reviews. So, yeah. Tell us all about it. And don't forget to follow us on all the socials. Post your Insta stories. Tag us at, at the Millennial Divide. Two L's, two N's. Don't forget that one. And uh, tell your friends. We'd love to hear from them. See you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.